guys, you're listening to Bento Podcast. We're a podcast series for and by millennials that talks about topics and issues surrounding our generation. And we're bringing you stories of millennials from all over the world and their journey. I'm your host, Ben, and let's get this episode started. What is up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Bento Podcast. This is episode nine of season three. And the question we want to answer today is why five people that you spend the most time with matter the most. And joining me today is Ryan Bennett. Hi, Ryan. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on today. Thank you. I mean, honestly, uh, really glad to have you on the show. And I'm pretty sure a lot of our listeners would be really looking forward to what you have for us like today. So um, I'm just going to introduce Ryan beforehand, just to make sure you know you guys know who Ryan is. So Ryan is a high-performance coach, author, and speaker who guides people to reach their full potential in their lives, businesses, and teams through his proven method of intentional growth. So Ryan is actually a former uh, ESPN academic All-American, and you know he decided to you know channel his competitiveness from baseball to business, and he actually founded a startup company in Silicon Valley. So today we're going to talk about a lot of it. A lot of those, in a sense, and also answering the question, as in why five people you spend the most time with matters the most. So uh, before that, before we answer that particular question, so Ryan, like what brought you to like become a high performance coach in the beginning? Yeah, that that's a it's a long journey, about 15 years, but I will condense it into a really quick story. <laughs> cool. And and so I moved to Silicon Valley. Uh, went, you know, went for either, you know, rich or broke, and I ended up being completely broke. And so we had to shut down the business after two years, I had to sell everything I had and move back in with my parents in my parents basement at age 27. And so at that time, I really was a little bit lost and kind of just what I call the autopilot of average, not knowing kind of what I wanted to do where I wanted to go who I even was. And I started to really start to study successful people and I started to read tons and started to learn from smart people and gathering great mentors and people around me. And so that was kind of the beginning of the journey. And then at that same exact time, my network actually, which we can talk about, um, knew about me and they kind of invited me in to be a founding team member of another startup company. So I had one filled one, then I went and joined another one. And we took just an idea and we built that into a million dollar business with fortune 500 clients using the product every day. And so over those two experiences, the difference for me was my mindset and how I developed myself and and the people I associated with. And so at the end of that startup, the second startup that was really successful, people started to come to me for coffee and wanting to learn from me. And I sort of become a mentor and a coach and I was really, really enjoying it. And I developed this process for intentional growth that I've used on myself. And I started to apply it to other people with success. And so then I sort of said, okay, I need to kind of follow my passions here. Um, I can build a real, a real business out of this coaching thing and write this book. Um, and so that's been my really 15 year journey down to two or three minutes. Right. I mean, like, you know, a lot of people, when they say like five people who spend the most time with, you know, for some reason, I, I did like, I would say like a small survey and kind of like those kinds of things. And family often like comes up as like, 
uh, one or at least, you know, one or two of those five. So, you know, would you say like among the five was, was family somehow involved in that? Yes, for sure. I mean, I'm, I'm married. So of course my spouse is on the top five list. Right. Um, and so what, what, when I, when I used to do it, it was slightly different than I do now because I've been intentional around it, but what people think and pause about the five people they spend the most time with usually goes something like this, right? Family is one or two of those. They have a close friend and probably something they work with. But what we realize is about, if you look at that list, what usually happens is about three of those five people are like positive and motivating or, and really encouraging. And, and then you, when you really dig down about two of those people really aren't the people you want to be associating with. And it's kind of an aha moment of like, holy cow, these people really matter a lot, but they're not the quite the people I want to be hanging out with so much. All right. So like, like, you know, how did you first come into realization as in like, you know, how did you first like narrow things down to like, oh, okay, instead of like, say 10 of the most people I spend most time with, it's five, you know, or maybe sometimes like for some people, they might think it's only one, two or three. So how did you come to that conclusion that it's only like five? Yeah. Uh, so I read a lot now. I didn't before, but I do now highly encourage right. that. But one of my favorite authors is Jim Rohn. And he always said the five people you hang out with matter the most. And I just sort of like, okay, I understood it. I started paying attention to it, but then I, I sort of was a curious person. I said, well, well why is that? That's just like, that's some just motivating kind of phrase people just make up, you know, or is that like, what, why is that? Because yeah. yeah. I'm not really into like the motivating phrases with nothing behind them. Yeah. And so I started studying it and I realized that actually it's not just a motivating phrase, but it's built upon real scientific data. So Dr. David McClelland out of Harvard did a study over 25 years and he studied successful people and high achievers over a 25 year pe uh, period when he was a professor at Harvard. And what he found is that the peep, the five people that that high achiever or that successful person associated with had a direct impact on the future and the trajectory of that person's life and career. Right. Wow. And so that's, I was like, okay, this is based on real science. This actually matters. I'm not sure I understand it yet because I haven't lived through it, but boy, I do start, I do believe a Harvard you know, scientist and right. study on yep. this and like, you know, really successful people. And so in yeah. my life, I started when I, I, I went and at that moment, I went down, I took a white sheet of paper out and I drew a line in the middle on the left column. I put, you know, uh, people that are encouraging and then people, and then the right side, people that are just average or bring me down. And I went through all my friends and colleagues and associates and I wrote them down the piece of paper on both columns. I end up shredding that and throwing the way because I would never let anybody see it. But it was really, really eye-opening for me to see who the people in my life that are that do want that are pursuing their own dreams and do want to be successful. Those are the people I want to associate with. And I started putting up some boundaries and limiting my time with other friends who just wanted to watch sports at a bar. And uh, my, that has really propelled my life quite a bit. So, I mean, you know, uh, from that particular experience, the fact that you you know, you saw Dr. McClellan's research and like, you know, the five people that really would, you know, affect you scientifically in, in terms of your life trajectory. How has that like kind of helped out in your career per se? Yeah, that is a great 
uh, crushed and how, how has that affected me in my life career? Yeah. Um, it opens up a lot, a lot of doors that you didn't even know were there. Um, when you start to associate with people, um, there is a phrase called your personal brand. Right. And, you know, it's what you stand for. It's character integrity, but it's also people associate with you of who you associate with. And so if you're hanging out with um, some people that maybe are just looking for the, the looking to make money and not necessarily doing it the right way or are on, you know, pyramid schemes or whatever, right. You're associated with them. And so for me being really intentional about the people I hung out with and the people that have, you know, high integrity, high character, um, are going after their dreams, are not afraid of risk and failure. Those are the type of people I was associating with. So all of a sudden then when I'm in that circle and in that bubble and that's my network, doors started opening for you because people and business owners are attracted and want uh, people like you and I who are trying to do something different in life. That's that's makes great leaders. Right. Could you like kind of, uh, you know, like tell us a bit about your career? Because I, I do have a feeling that you know, this whole five, like, you know, why five people who spend the most time with matters, you know, have like a huge impact on your career. So maybe you can tell us a bit about your career and how, like, you know, give us a, like, sort of like an example, I would say, as in like how that went to be in a sense. Yeah, uh, for sure. So um, I was running the startup in Silicon Valley and had a connection with a guy who was a president at a public company here in Kansas City. Uh, was president at Sprint, basically the the the, the network, right? And um, very high high level guy, but he was down to earth and awesome. And so I started grabbing coffee with him and learning from him. And he was a mentor of mine. And I would come and take good notes. And, and you know, I'm trying to run a business and trying to learn how to be a great leader at the same time and how to be a great man. And so I'm learning from him. And so that's in the early stages of my startup. Well, you fast forward, my company failed, and I'm now back home in Kansas City. And not sure what I want to do, looking at full-time jobs, you know, looking at doing some freelance web development on the side. Yeah. And all of a sudden I get an email from this guy and said, Hey, Ryan, heard you're back in town. Let's grab coffee. And so I was like, okay, sure. You know, his name's Harry Campbell. And I was like, okay, sure, Harry, let's go grab coffee. And lo and behold, like after a, a few minutes and, a, and he had this opportunity, he was getting ready to start a business and buy a business and be an investor in the business and needed some people to, to run it with him as a founding team member. And so he immediately thought of me. And so the reason I bring that up is that if I wasn't associated with the right people and didn't have the courage to go do my own business and didn't have that network or mentor in my life, then all of a sudden when the door opened for another opportunity that it wasn't a job posted, it wasn't even real yet. He was just thinking about what he wanted to do and he wanted to get the team together. He immediately thought of me because I was in his network and I was associating with people that are trying to do uh, business and life at a different level. And that business ended up being, you know, really successful. And so that, that was a great experience, but it all became because I had coffee one time with this guy I really admired. Right. So like, you know, actually like listening to that particular part of the story, the fact that your network sort of enabled you to kind of, you know, take that next step in your career you know, like, it, it sounds like a very organic sort of approach. So, like, you know, I think with a lot of us, like young people, especially those like are still graduating, or, you know, those in college, or maybe those that are, just, you know, just 
barely starting out in life. I think a lot of them like are struggling with this thing called networking, like in a sense, like they don't know how to like utilize their networks or they don't know whether their networks are useful. Like, have you ever had those like thoughts before when you were like, you know, at that particular stage? Yeah. I, I mean, when I moved to Silicon Valley to start my internet company, I, I didn't know a person. I found some house on Craigslist. I didn't have a team. I had to go out and network and recruit a team to even work for me. Um, so I've done networking and I've also built a network, which is two different things in my book. Highly encourage building a network because when I built the network with my mentor, that's what led to great opportunities. Um, networking is just transactional based. Building a network is like uh, uh, like building enduring and, and having uh, friendships. And so the question to answer your question, um, I'm sorry, I actually lost my train of thought, Brandon. I apologize. Can Don't you worry about that. Question? Don't worry. Repeat your question. I was going somewhere with that. Yep. So like, you know, I was saying like, you know, we've had like, you know, young people, they usually like doubt their own network as in like whether yeah. they can really leverage their network or whether they can like, you know, in a sense, uh, whether they think that their network is even useful at all. Like, have you ever had those doubts before? Like, Yeah, the, the networks, obviously your level, your network's always changing. And so um, I don't like the phrase like leveraging your network because that seems transactional to me when right. I'm trying to build friendships and build, build a network or my personal brand, right. I will go and I, and I will serve and I will, it will make introductions and I will do whatever I can to help them. Because at some point later in the future, if I do need something back, they're happy to help me because I already have helped them. And so I see, I see. when I think about a network, I don't think about it in a way of, okay, well, who's at a high level that can help me? I look at it like, okay, what type of person is this person? And do I want to be associated? Like, do I want to, do I want to like learn from them and, and associate with them? So it could people that junior to me at my level higher. It doesn't matter to me because what I'm looking for is to surrounding myself with those people who want to succeed, those people who want to pursue their own dreams and encourage me to pursue mine. Because I want to go somewhere with those type of people, not like, hey, okay, this recruiter can really get me in this position. Let me go and try to network and, and get into there. Like there is maybe a place for that, but that's not been my strategy. My strategy has been trying to make friends and relationships with real people who are trying to do real things in life mm -hmm. and being intentional around that. So your success, I would say, has been like based around network like your network is i would say would would you, would you consider like network to be like one of your success factors yeah i believe so so you know in that sense then like for, for example for i would say you know take me for example like uh i i do know a lot of people and it's, you know i try to network in a sense like I, i try to be close to people that i enjoy being close with you know otherwise then i don't really see the point But sometimes, you know, there's that feeling inside of me that's like, um, you know, if I'm close with that person and I'm some, I, like, I somehow want to like do business with that person, I'm kind of afraid that, you know, that line between, you know, friendship and business kind of like blurs out. Like, have you ever had any instances like that? Yeah, it gets, it gets cloudy, doesn't it? It's like a it gray area. Does. It really, really does. Yeah. And I think, so for me, I think each of us have to walk to figure that out, what's in, what's appropriate in their own mind. Um, I'm a big believer of setting expectations. And right. so sometimes I'll 
you know, like there's a few people I do business with and that were friends first and all these things. And I'll say, Hey, just to set expectations, I want to, you know, grab a beer or have coffee with you. And I actually want to talk business, not as friends. And so just so that way they know what mindset they're getting into. Um, and so I like to, I like to set expectations around what I'm trying to do there just to not confuse them at all. So that way, um, that way they're not blindsided by it. And they think I'm using their friendship for work. Right. And also, you know, I try to set up too before I do any deals with any friends, I just want to say, Hey, just to let you know, if this thing goes bad, your friendship trumps this relationship, this business transaction. And so just, I want you to be honest with me. If something's not right, you just, you know, if, if you don't feel like you're getting a fair bargain here, you let me know, we'll switch it because my friendship trumps this um, transaction. Right. But, you know, despite that, you know, I think there are some people, especially, especially, you know, with me being in Asia where people are a bit more reserved, I would say, you know, what they say may not exactly like be what they mean. So sometimes they would be like, oh yeah, sure. Like everything's cool. But in your back, like maybe they're like backstabbing or something like that. Like those <laughs> things do happen. So in, in those cases, like, um, have you, have you have like any instances where in a sense, uh, you know, you try to like make things clear and uh, you try to like sort things out, but at the end of the day, it still didn't work out, even though you tried. Like, yeah, I have. I've lost friendships and um, and relationships because of that. Uh, I think that's life, though, Brandon. You know, like I can't. Yeah. I only can control what I can control, and and like my litmus test for myself is. Like I always try to do what's, what's right, you know, like, and I try to be upfront and honest and not deceitful or anything. But at the end of the day, I have to be able to look myself in the mirror and be like, did I do everything I could that was in my control that was appropriate for this? And if, if they didn't receive it well, or if they didn't, um, didn't like what I had to say, I'm actually okay with that because I feel like I did everything I could in my power to like help us. Right. Um, there's a few, there's a few tools I've read along the way to help me get there. Um, Dr. Henry Cloud has a book called Boundaries, which is really good. And then there's um, the Crucial Conversations book, which is probably one of my top five books. And it teaches some strategies and tactics on how to have a hard, crucial conversation with somebody. So that way they don't get defensive. They feel heard and seen, but the communication, the expectations have been set. And so I use those tactics and those are really, uh, those are really beneficial. So like, you know, sometimes also another problem that I uh, personally feel like there's this saying that a lot of people go uh, like go out and say is I never do business with your friends or family. Like, how much of a believer are you in terms of that? Um, I sort of. Uh, when it comes to family, I probably am a believer in that. Right. Because like family is different to me. I, I'm I'm half Italian, so family is really important, especially in right. Italian culture. Oh, yeah. um, probably similar to the Asian culture of that one. Yep. And, and um, so I, I really are hesitant. I've never done business with family and I'm not sure I would ever, unless it's like I mitigate the downside significantly. Right. Um, but like friends, it depends. I mean, it, on the friendship side, like I definitely would, I definitely have and, and do have partnerships with friends, but again, up front, they're emotionally mature and can handle it. Um, and we set expectations up front of like, okay, here's all the issue that could go bad. And, and here's the plan to get out of it that we both agreed upon when we both like each other. And so, uh, that's how it kind of goes. And sometimes like I've had a a friendship and, 
with the guy and it, and it, the business just didn't take off. We spent a lot of time on it. We didn't spend that much money because we were, we were trying to do it lean, but we spent right. a lot of time together trying to build something and it just didn't take off. And we we're like, Hey, well, at least we got to hang out, right? Like we wasted <laughs> our time, but at least we tried it and we got to hang yeah. out and both went our separate ways and we we're still friends. We're actually having coffee, you know, next week together. Yeah. And so I think there's a way you can do both, but I'm very cautious about it. Uh, very cautious with, with close friends. And, and I have not done any with family. So like, you know, uh, could you maybe like share a bit as in like who your top five people are? Like, is that something you're willing to share with us or? Yeah, sure. So I'm, so you said before that my network seemed organic. Right. And, and that's, that's wonderful to hear. Cause that's, that's my intention, but I wanted to just like for your audience that it wasn't, it didn't just happen because of who I am. It happened because years ago, I was very intentional about being around the right people and not because of their status or recognition, but because of who they were as a person and what, and what their mindset was. And so as I associated with those people intentionally, my organic network grew because I was serving people. So I want right. to just do that. So when I talk about my top five, it changes, it has changed along the way. And so now obviously my wife would be, you know, she's on there. I have two other growth partners who are both small business owners um, around my life stage that are on that list as well. Um, and then I have a few other people that I associate with a lot that are just our friends. Right. And, and so for me, I have, you know, my wife who's my family. Um, I have two people that are really close that we do personal development with and professional life with. And then I have two that are just friends that are just great people to be around. So right. that's like my five. So like, you know, like, um, does like each of those five play a specific role in your life, like in supporting or maybe like maybe something else? I'm not sure. But is there like a specific role that you kind of like get from these five people? Yeah, that's a great pick up, uh, pick up there, Brandon. Like um, the five change because sometimes you need something different in life. Like yeah. you may be in a few years, but you need something different and you haven't, and you're spending a lot of time with a mentor or like if you're having, um, or like maybe you need some mental health, mental health and you need some counseling, which is like completely normal and acceptable. Um, and so you're spending a lot of time with your counselor. Well, that's great. You're not going to do that 20 years down the road, but like last year, the five people I spent the most time with may have been a counselor. And that's, that's awesome because you're really trying to work on your mental health. Right. And so it all switched. And it's okay. And sometimes you get things from people because they're, they're happy to serve as well and they get something from you. And that's like a friendship, you know, that's great. So, you know, in that sense, then like uh, coming back to like all of us here, like how do we know that we're already around like the five people that we should be with? I don't think that we'll ever know, <laughs> which is not a good answer. <laughs> okay. Yeah, <laughs> you know, no. yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. a fair, it's a fair answer. So what I try to do, so each year, um, you know, I, I have my book and stuff and inside the book is this process. And so each year I do my own book, of course. Right. And, I, and, and I go through and I analyze the five people I spent the most time with. And when you do that, sometimes it's time to switch out one of those people. And so for, to answer your question is how do we know? I think we got to take the time to pause and actually like analyze the people we're actually spending the most time with. And then from there saying, okay, are those people that I want to associate with because they're, they're trying to better themselves, they're reading books, they're growing, they have a growth mindset, they're pursuing their dreams, they're encouraging to me, like, 
are there, you know, like they like me, I like them, like those are the type of questions. And if the answer is yes, then you have the right people in you right now. And if right. the answer is no, then that's okay. You're just now, no, you got to be intentional about seeking somebody else that you may need in your life. And like I did, like I needed a mentor when I was running my startup. I needed a guy who's led people and I can learn from. So I went and intentionally seeked out Harry. And it turns out we became friends and he became a mentor to me. And years later, I got a job offer from him and we built a business together. But that was only because I knew I needed somebody more in my life that I didn't have. So, you know, speaking of mentor, like this is something that even me, like I personally would, would really love to have, but I've always been like struggling to like even think of one or find one because I think with mentors, you know, you, you really, I don't know, maybe the image that people have when you have a mentor is that it has to be someone who is somehow close to you or someone who has at least, you know, the generosity to kind of like give a side of their time to you and to kind of help you out in your career. So like, do you have any tip for kind of like finding a mentor? Like, Yes. And especially for the audience that you, that you're on, uh, that you relate to here with the podcast is like, yep. you're young and that helps so much. It's amazing how people open their doors to me just because I was like trying to, to get better at, in my twenties. So yes, here's some tips. One is swallow the pride and, and, and swallow the fear and reach out to that person. Okay. Right. So one is that they're not going to come to you be like, Hey, can I mentor you? Cause you're probably not even <laughs> yeah. on the radar, yeah. <laughs> you know, but if you're yeah. seeing somebody that's doing something at a higher level than you, and you want to learn from them, like feel free to send them an email or reach out to them and just be honest about who you are, what you're looking for. Like love to grab coffee. I have, you know, four questions for you. I want to pick your brain and it works significant. It looks really, really well. So that's one. So tip number one, like ask, don't be afraid to ask. Right. Tip number, tip number two, when you show up to the meeting, come with a notebook, have four or five impact questions that you want to ask them yeah. and then listen. And the whole point and the whole intention of the meeting is for you to learn and grow, not for you to try to sell something later for you to get a job later. Like they're going to smell that because if they're right. at that level where they're a mentor, they're going to, they get these offers all the time and they're going to smell if you're trying to get something from them other right. than just genuinely want to learn from their experience. So like, you know, in that sense, like how would you recognize a good mentor? Because, you know, from my experience, at least looking at a lot of people, like there are people who are meant to be mentors in a sense. And there are some people who, even though they try, you know, for some reason, they just can't be a good mentor. Like they'll just half-ass it somehow. Like, you know? Yeah. And I think, so the, the I, when I had the idea of what a mentor looks like, it was like recurring meetings, you know, every other week. And it was right. all this stuff. To me, that looks more like a coach that you pay for. Right. That's a lot to ask from somebody. So when I consider somebody a mentor, it's like we meet maybe once once every few months for coffee or twice a year, or I can pick up the phone and, and ask them a question and be like, hey, you know, hey, Harry, can I pick your brain for two minutes? Right. Like those are things that get built over time. They're not recurring like, okay, in two weeks, here's your homework, come back and, and do all this. That's a lot to ask of a very right. busy, successful person. So make it easy, just have coffee with them, ask great questions to really, really learn when they give you feedback, follow up on what you did with their information and how you learn from it. And then ask them to have coffee again in a few months, like make it really, really lightweight. Right. Is what my suggestion would be. 
how how did you go on with your sort of like mentorship in a sense? When when I when I'm being mentored or when I'm mentee people? Um, I would say both. <laughs> that would be great. Okay. Yeah. So um, as a mentee, like somebody who's mentoring me, that's basically what I what I've done is if if I want to learn something or I'm curious, like, oh gosh, that person's doing really great things. Like, what are they doing that I need to learn from? Because successfully breadcrumbs, right? So I want yeah. to look at their breadcrumbs and see where, how they did it. And so I do research on them. I come up with like three or four really good questions that I want to learn from them. And then I reach out to them and set up a coffee and make it really easy for them by saying, Hey, here's the times I'm available. I'm sending a calendar link out. Like, you know, don't make them do any work other than show up, meet them where they're at on their time zone or at their coffee shop, right? Like make it really easy, ask the questions. And then I would just follow up and keep them in my network. And if things came up to help them, I send them an email and help them or whatever. Like that usually wasn't as often as me just thanking them. So that right. was me as somebody who gets mentored. And I still seek out these mentors because I'm trying to level myself up. As a mentee, it's a little different because now, now I do this professionally Right. Uh, you know, but as I was getting coffee meetings, like as people come to me when I was doing the startup, um, what was made it really helpful for me, the ones that I would actually give my attention to after that first meeting were the ones that came with a notebook and really wanted to learn versus the ones that just like showed up and be like, so Ryan, like what, you know, looks like you've been pretty successful. You know, what have you done in your career? And it's like, well, wait a minute here. You didn't, you didn't do any research. Like, that's not, a, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't come here to talk about myself, you know, right. like yeah. I came here to help you. What do you need help with? Right, 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 right. And, you know, I think a, a lot of people also have to be so like, sort of like a misconception with mentorship in a sense that they always expect like uh, either a business or a job from their mentors. Like, Hey, for some reason, this is something that like is super common that I look at people and I'm like, is that, is that supposed to be like, is that how it's supposed to be? Like, <laughs> because I've never had any mentors before in my life. So I can only see, you know, whoever is around me and whoever they claim to be in, you know, in quotes, their mentor. And they'd be like, yeah, I'm just going to like, I don't know, get a job for my mentor or something. And like, wait, what? <laughs> how does that even work in the first place? Yeah. I don't like that at all. Like, again, we talked about doing business with friends and all that. That's yeah. like me setting expectations that I want to learn from you, but I actually secretly just want a job from you. And, and then I think people will smell that out. And that also hurts your brand later, because what if you had something you really wanted to talk to them about in the right. back of their mind, they're gonna be like, well, what's, what, when's the ask coming? When's he going to ask me for something? Right. Because people at that level get asked for things all day, every day. And when you come and you just ask for their time and, and their, their wisdom, like that is so refreshing to most people. So I don't, I don't like that to be honest, Brandon, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't ask a, a mentor for a job. Like I said, I ended up getting a, in a get an opportunity because of a mentor, but it was, I did never ask for it. I had no, I had no idea he was even buying businesses, right, but he right. approached me because he got to know me. Right. So, you know, in, in, in that sense, then, like I said, like I mentioned before earlier, like, you know, your network is a very organic sort of a network. And, you know, when there's something that, that is organic, then there's something that is, in a sense, fabricated or not exactly fabricated, but like not as organic, I would say to like, for a lack of better word. So, you know, are there like any networks that you've seen, like people with networks that are not organic, like they're really forcing themselves to kind of just like have as much people or, you know, as many people as possible, but not necessarily like people that they like. 
Yes. Uh, okay, I, I will caveat this by saying my best friend's a financial advisor and he's not like this. So not every financial advisor is like that or insurance broker is like it. Right. But probably every single day I get a LinkedIn message from somebody who quote loves what I'm doing and loves to like learn more about it. And then you accept their request. And all of a sudden then they're starting to try to sell you insurance or financial advice. <laughs> all right. Okay. Yeah. Okay? Like, yeah, like you're not, you're not that. networking yeah. with me. You're, you're selling me on your services. And, right. and by the way, I'm not, I'm not going to buy something because you sent me a message on LinkedIn. Like that's not how I do business. Right. And so like that, that's an example. Or if you ever been to an actual networking event, which I've done to a lot of them and I don't enjoy them, but sometimes they're necessary evil. It's the guy who has his business card out and he just can't wait to give it to you and can't wait to say, okay, here, let me, let me have your, Ryan, what do you do? Great. Do you have a business card? Awesome. Thank you. Here's mine. And he's on the next. It's like, whoa, I don't even, what do you, what just happened? <laughs> you Almost know? like speed like, dating. Exactly. And I was like, this is not like, and so it turns out if you look at his card, he's selling something. So he's not there to network. He's not there to build a network of people that are like-minded trying to do something special. He's there to network to sell. Right. And I think authentic people can smell that and know who's there to really like build friendships and who's there to like sell their services. Like, you know, speaking of networking events, you know, like uh, I've been at least kind of interested to set up uh, networking events back in my campus because I think it's kind of like a thing that where students can at least get a touch with the outside world to, to kind of like put it in perspective. So do you think networking events are even useful at all to begin with? Um, I, I like, I actually think they're useful. Um, not every one of them, but for example, here in Kansas city, our startup culture was nothing compared to what it is today. Right. Um, and that's why I moved to Silicon Valley, but it's completely different. And part of that is because there was a core group of people who had businesses here, were growing startups here and wanted to stay here. So we started all getting together over breakfast and it kind of organically grew because we attracted people who wanted to do the same thing. And, right. you know, end up having, we end up having networking, you know, we call them happy hours or whatever you want to call them. They were networking yeah. events, but they were very effective because no one was in there selling. People were in there because, oh, wow, this is a, being an entrepreneur is really lonely. These are other people are entrepreneurs too. Like I want, I need, I need friendship and support. Right. Right. So, would you consider it to be weird, for example, because this is a technique that I've been using is that uh, for people like for uh, individuals that I find to be interesting, I would just randomly message them like on LinkedIn and be like, hi, like, you know, this is who I am. Like, I'm not trying to sell you anything. I'm literally legit just interested in what you're doing. And if you're willing to share, uh, please feel free to like contact me. Is that is that something that would you consider like a weird thing? No, I, that's exactly what I did. Not on LinkedIn, right. I did it by email, but it was exactly exactly the same thing. I think that's very appropriate. Uh, I have no problem with it. Right. If you get their if you get their email address, it's probably even better because LinkedIn's such a spot for spam right now. And I'm sure LinkedIn's gonna put a stop to that. Right. Um, but like so many people are tricking me into accepting them as a friend to then sell me later. So right. I think your strategy is really great, whether you use LinkedIn or email or Instagram or whatever is fine. Um, but yeah, coming to there and say, hey, I just want to learn from you. And then maybe even Brandon, take it a step further and not make it as loose and say, hey, you know, here's three of the things that I've seen that you've done that I want to learn from. Or like, here's my three questions I would really love, you know, 35 minutes or an hour, 
me right. to, you know, conversation with you about. Right. Give them some direction that says, okay, this is not just some guy who just is going to show up and then look at me and smile and say, okay, teach me. And you're like, uh, what, you know, like you gotta, you gotta take <laughs> right. the lead on it a little bit. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Definitely. So like at the end of the day, what would you consider to be like a strong network? Like what is a strong network to you? I think it's a group of people who really care about you are invested in you and, and want to help you succeed. I see. Well, in that sense, then, I mean, like, um, I think a lot of people find it hard to kind of like distinguish which one, like which group of people like really want you to succeed because they're like genuinely caring for you. And there are also some groups who would be like, oh, okay, they want me to succeed because they may get something out of it. You know, I think there's always this little, you know, I would say this, I don't know, like just like that gray line between what's sincere and what's not like, how would you like tell that apart? Because you know, in a sense, like a lot of people, a lot of the listeners that I, um, you know, ask, like, you know, do you have any questions? Do you have any, um, what do you call it? Like comments. And one of the things that they said is that how would you like separate those like five important people in your life and those that are actually sincere and those that are like not very sincere, because sometimes some people are really good at like just faking it all. Yeah. That's a, it's a challenge for everybody at every level. Like it's not unique. Right. And I think it comes with wisdom and experience. Um, it comes with a little bit of emotional intelligence growth to kind of sniff through that. Right. Um, and, but I'm a believer that the truth always eventually comes out. Right. And so at, at some point that person is going to pop their head in and do their ask or right. whatever they may be, you know, and then you'll, you'll know the answer. Right. And so, yeah, you, you get it wrong a lot. Uh, sometimes you have a meeting with a mentor and he's like, this person is not a mentor. They just talked about themselves the whole time and didn't care anything about me. And it's like, okay, you think then you're nice, you're polite, you never criticize and you go on, you go on down the path. I think the same thing with the network, right? If, who are the people looking for something from me versus the people who actually want to, you know, help me get there. And I think you just have to learn that with experience and, uh, and a little track record with that person, you know, you're building a relationship with that person and right. And you may be in the honeymoon phase at the very beginning, but you know, through thick and thin, is that person sticking with you? Are you guys always helping each other? You know, like those are the things that you'll, you'll see as road, uh, signposts along the way to say, Hey, this is a, a true person that's really, really cares. Okay, so uh, we actually got some questions and like comments from the listeners. So okay, uh, I just want to like share it with you. So one of our listeners uh, mentioned like, okay, in my opinion, I think, uh, you know, the five people that are closest to me don't necessarily decide my future, but they definitely decide my present. What do you think of that? Um, I agree that they decide your present, you know, like, obviously, they they, they uh, do that. But I, I think I would have to disagree that they don't affect your future because I think that if you're around toxic people over and over and over again, that tell you, you can't do something, you can't do something, you can't do that, or that doesn't work, or that won't work, or this person's negative. Like there's no way that you can overcome all those negative elements and get in a spot to really dream about where you want to go and really pursue where you want to go. I, I just don't think it's possible. And that's, and that's my opinion. And we, we probably disagree there and that's completely okay. Yeah. Um, so that's my personal opinion. And then I'll just point them to the research. Right. Uh, a guy tremendously smarter than you and I combined. Yeah. 
did, did a study with over, over 25 years that said yeah. like, that's actually not true. It actually does affect it. And again, I don't know exactly how, other than I got to trust a Harvard professor who done the study that says it does. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There's, there's also another question here. Uh, it says that uh, I would love to have uh, five people that I could spend time with the most that would really matter in my life. But I personally feel that I'm currently in a very toxic environment to which I may not know how to get out of. Do I uh, like in that? Uh, and the question is, do I look, do I get out of this toxic environment and start from zero? Or do I try to find five people within this toxic environment that I can trust? Wow, that's a pretty deep question but yeah that's a really deep question so I, I think for that person who's listening just like take a deep breath you know like okay by you even asking the question and having that awareness is is a huge huge first step and that that's that's wonderful um i don't know what you mean by toxic environment toxic toxic environment could mean like you may need to go to the police you may need to go to a, a therapist a counselor it may just be I'm just around negative people. I just need to get out of that. So I, it's hard. I will not sit on the counseling site. I'm not a counselor. Um, so if it, if it needs to go there, I highly recommend go talking to a professional. But if it's just like I'm around a lot of toxic friends because we grew up together and I just don't know how to get out of that loop, that's a very common actual thing for people in our 20s. Right. Um, because we've had friends because they lived down the street from us or they went to school with us, not because we intentionally chose them. So exactly. now's the time to step back and have the awareness of like, okay, now I wouldn't recommend, I've seen some people just blow up their life and have all new friends. And that's probably not, I mean, that's going to create some uh, wreckage. <laughs> it right. can work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what I've done, what I've done personally is have the awareness, which is the huge first step that person had, and then start intentionally seeking out people who are different and that are doing life differently and then do the same approach, right? Let's go have coffee. Let's go hang out. And it's awkward to actually ask somebody to go have coffee like as you know as a male here in america at least it's really uncomfortable in your mid-20s asking a guy to go on a coffee date when, <laughs> yeah, when, you, no. when you're when you're heterosexual you know and yep. it's and it's that applies and, everywhere i think okay yeah. that applies yeah. everywhere and, yeah. and so um it, it's just uncomfortable but yet like that's how i've actually created shoot i think that may have been two or three of my top five friends actually were because of that and so again, we seek out, intentionally seek out people and, and that we want to be around. I didn't blow up my old life or whatever. I just intentionally started seeking out these people that are not toxic, that are um, going after what they want, and then eventually started making friendship with them and spent more time with them naturally, and eventually moved away from the toxic people. So right. That's how I've done it. All right. Well, you know, for the listener that gave that question, I hope that helped. Uh, unfortunately, like I said before, uh, in the previous episode, guys, like I can only fit two questions in per episode because of the time limit, but thank you for everyone who, uh, sent in their questions. And unfortunately we can't get through all of them, but I'm definitely going to try and answer them and maybe like share it with, uh, with Ryan as well later on. Uh, but yeah, like, uh, Ryan, would you, do you have any like closing statements? Do you have any, like, you know, in a sense, parting words before we end uh, our episode today? Yeah, I just always, we really, life is really short. It's amazing how quick five years can go by in our lives. Yeah, And definitely. so I, just for the listeners to intentionally think about where you want to go, pause 
intentionally think about where you want to go in life. What does life look like for you? And who are, who is doing that with you five years from now? And then having that awareness and understanding is a great first step to then intentionally start to seek out people. Don't be afraid of a fail because the worst is it happens is they say no to you. Okay, no big deal. You're in the same exact spot. And so intentionally seek out people who are doing life a little bit better or, or seeking life where you want to go and just go after. And it's hard to take baby steps towards that intentional life you want to live five years from now. All right. Well, first of all, thank you, Ryan. Thank you for coming on to the show and sharing all your experiences with us, and especially answering the hard questions that we usually would get. And this this particular one was pretty hard. But yeah, thank you very much for trying like at least to share your experiences on it. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. My pleasure to be on the show. All right. Well, guys, if you want to know more about Ryan, you can go visit his Instagram or you can also visit his website at ryanbennett.com. I will tag uh, his Instagram on the Instagram story uh, when I post uh, the episode. So you guys can look at it, check out his Instagram page as well. And yeah, Ryan, thank you very much for sharing. I hope in the future you can come back on the show and definitely would really love to have you back on our show in the future. Yeah, I'd love to do that, Brandon. All right, then. All right. Thank you guys for uh, tuning in today to this episode. And as usual, you know, follow us on our Instagram at bentopodcast.id. And if you got any questions or anything, you can email us at bentopodcast2020 at gmail.com. And as usual, I'm your host, Ben. Thank you for tuning in and I'll see you next week. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in. Bye-bye.